Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome, guys, to the April 29th show. This is Wednesday. We're taping. And we are taping straight from the Las Vegas Strip, as usual. And I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, bringing 29 years of handicapping expertise to the table. And Vegas Runner, a genuine Las Vegas professional better who lives on his winnings and who has a cold today. So you're gonna, you might see a loopy VR. Are you on medication at this point? No, no, I haven't. Just a lot of vitamin C so far. Is that code for something when you say vitamin C? No, not no street term. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It's vitamin C. You meant over-the-counter drugs, right? Yeah. I, I, again, I, I was asking. I wasn't making any statements. <laughs> like was, today, you never know. A street term. <laughs> sometimes people mistake passion for some type of intoxication. Okay. Now, each week on the Sports Betting Preview Show, we talk about upcoming games and we teach you how to handicap any game. And what differentiates us is we're talking about actionable betting concepts. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We're going to joke. But the key is you're going to be smarter at the end of this, hopefully, as a better than you are at entering into it. So 50-some minutes later, you're going to be smarter now for free. So hard to complain. Okay, two main subjects this week. NBA playoffs, the baseball season, which is moving into the end of its first month. What have we learned? And how can we take that knowledge and make some money from it? First segment's going to be NBA, second segment baseball, third segment free pick. Let's get straight to the NBA. Marco has his hat on today of, or it's almost like a crown today because he's been riding a really strong streak, and here's one of our sound effects. (laughs) And the streak isn't so much how his picks have been going, which we'll hear about that, but specifically last week, listeners heard about the NBA totals and what Marco saw happening. Marco, give us some details. Well, RJ, like you said, the podcast and the great thing about this is a lot of times we're talking about games in the future that you you got to talk theory. And we brought up a situation that the NBA playoffs, the first 13 games of the playoffs, 11 of the games went over the total. I told you that that's not normal for the NBA playoffs. Also, that no matter what season you come into, everything's going to fall into a range of 46 to 53%, given favorites, dogs, overs, unders. Generally, okay, so, so let me jump in on that because when I re listen to the, I actually listened to our podcast, even though I was here on the taping. Um, and that one, I think, didn't co- that concept didn't come across as clear as it needed to, I think. So, what you're saying is if you take categories, so one broad category could be all NBA sides. Another category could be all totals. And then you can break down the categories, how's home teams doing, how's road teams doing. And then you can get very specific, how are home teams doing when down 0-2. What you're saying is if the universe or the sample size of those categories is high enough that it's, and again, that's a statistical concept, is anything can go 8-4, and and that's way away from 50%. But to go 80-40 and is a whole different story. You're saying if the sample size is high enough, most categories are going to go between 46 and 54%. Correct. 
And what we were looking at last week is they said that the lines are going to be adjusted because the public's going to continue to bet the overs because they were coming in at a high rate. And I said the value in the next week is going to be on the unders. And lo and behold, the last 21 games in the NBA playoffs, 16 of the 21 games now have gone under the total. Clearly, now the funny thing is, if the if if the playoffs had started like that, we'd be talking the other way, as in how can we go over? But let's let's just take a minute and break down the way we thought about this. On one hand, we saw an abnormal number of overs. Now, there's two possibilities for that. One is something fundamentally changed about the game, which which the odds makers haven't figured out, which seems very unlikely. Or it's just a fluke, a statistical short-term fluke. And if it is, any adjustment the line makers make towards the over offers us value because nothing's fundamentally changed. Just like a coin flip, if we're seven straight heads and someone who says, oh, wow, I'm willing to lay you 120, it's going to be a head, then you have to ask yourself, is, there, is that coin fair? which would be the fundamental change. And if it's not if it is fair, you'd love to take tails as a dog. So your thinking was and 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 I, I, this is such a powerful concept and one of my favorites. I'm really taking our time with it is nothing changed about the NBA. All these overs, they're going to adjust the line because the short-term batters who don't listen to the podcast or some who do that they can't control themselves are saying, "Oh, it's now overs the good bet." are inclined to bet over, and thus value was on the under. You got value with the inflated line, but as you also, as we talked about in handicapping when we talked about zigzags and different theories, is the series is progress, these teams get to know one another, and they understand they're playing three, four, five games in a row. They make adjustments. They take away their strengths. You know, if one guy has a big game the game before, they're going to make adjustments on the chalkboard to take that score out of the game and make somebody else have to step up and be the scorer. And that also leads to the unders. Okay, so let's talk about that concept because it's we talked a lot. We had a How to Handicap podcast. Now, our How to Handicap series – uh, and specifically, it was a how to handicap the NBA playoffs. Our how to handicap series talks about betting concepts. It's it's not about this given year or any given game, but it's about concepts you can apply in in future games in future years. We talked about how transition throughout the series and coaching is a key factor in the playoffs. One of the things Rob Crown has been talking about in our podcast series, we call it the master class, which is high level handicapping stuff, is how once you establish a level in the playoffs that the teams are playing, that he believes typically they stay at that level. So if team A is three points better than team B, then you can assume that's gonna stay the case throughout the series. So this inner series stuff I find very interesting. My question is, do you believe in general, Marco, throughout the series that the projected score is going to trickle down as you handicap it the other factor that is involved in it and it's one of the i used for a lot of my plays last week when i was hitting my totals is you got to look at where the series stands if the series is knotted at one one two two you have situations then tied at one one game three is a very pivotal game and that's where you'll play more closer to the vest if it's tied at two two Game five is 
crucial because the team that wins game five most often in a 2-2 series is going to go on to win the series. So that's where you get that even more intense effort defensively from both teams. I do situational handicapping. Every game is different. Every game of the series, where you're at, if it's home, you know, the team that's down is at home, I handicap it one way. If they're on the road, I handicap it, at, you know, another way. If you're at 3-1, you can have in a situation where if the road team's up 3-1, they can play looser because they know they have an insurance policy. They're going back home for game six where they can close it out. And those are the type of situations where you may get that over more often than the under is in a game, you know, game five up 3-1. All right, so what you're saying is one of your reoccurring concepts is that as the stakes go up, the defensive intensity goes up and vice versa. You're bringing up a a second point, which I find interesting, which is as the stakes go up, the pressure goes up, which causes increased effort, yes, but also maybe some conservativeness in you know, running the ball or milking the clock, milking the 24. That's, so you, you see both factors contributing to a depression of scoring. You have a shift in whenever it's 2-2, sometimes you play not to lose instead of playing to win, where when you're up 3-1, the team that's up 3-1 can take chances and, and run the floor and, and, you know, drill those threes. They don't have pressure. So, I mean, every once in a while we stop and say there's a golden nugget to take away, and that's one of them, is because of the pressure, because of the intensity level, which I would say it's more pressure because you'd have to think that in the first game of a series, now if a team's down 0-3, sometimes there's a letdown. But even down 3-1, this is it. You lose one more game, you're done. Most of the time I think the players are playing about as hard as they can throughout the series except in very specific situations i would say though in a given situation the amount of stress or the amount of pressure can go up or down throughout the series would you agree with that absolutely all right so vr you got your main topic and you've been quiet here is going to be road dogs but before we switch to that what's your thoughts on specifically how the dynamic of a series changes as you progress through the series. Well, I, I agree with that, and, and definitely that's more situational. And I think uh, it's such a, a, a broad topic because each game is going to bring its dynamic, its own situation into it. Whether it's a rivalry, what just happened the last game? Was there a foul that wasn't called, which made the difference? Or so I, I think when it comes to a situational, that you have to approach game by game. Getting to why I think these games went 17 and 4 to the under after starting out 11 and 2 to the over is simple. Like Marco said last week, the sports books are going to adjust. The odds makers are going to adjust. So now you have two things going for you. Number one, 11 and 2 to the over. So now you're going to say that, like you said, when it's a big sample size, you're going to go towards the mean a lot more. The bigger the size, the more towards the mean you could expect, more towards 50-50. So now you have that working for you, and you have the fact that the odds maker is going to adjust by raising the totals working for you. So now you have two things going in that are definitely on your side if you're looking to play the under. And what and what happens? 17 and 4 to the under. But again, they're going to have to adjust and find a common middle and I think that's why when it's all said and done, we will be around that range that Marco spoke about, 46 to 53. Now, this may be 
an esoteric concept, and I won't belabor it, but but I do slightly disagree with one thing the VR said, which is the regression to the mean, which is the concept of if the chances are 50% that over the long, long term, there's an old joke, is in the long term we're all going to die. But in the long, long term is it's going to regress to its expectation, which is 50%, let's say. But over the course of a sample size of the playoffs, the fact that the overs were, let's say, you know, what were they? I, I can't remember. Was it 16 and 11 started and out two. 11 and 2. The fact that they were 11 and 2 doesn't mean the next game, if the lines maker hadn't made an adjustment, the next game's chances are still 50-50. It's not as if, oh, because it's 11 and 2, it's going to be, there's, like a, there's not a causal effect that it's going to go the other way. What causes it to go the other way over a long sample size is the fact that that 11 and 2 is meaningless over the course of hundreds or thousands of games. That's the statistics of regression to the mean. What causes the regression to the mean even quicker than statistics would indicate when there's a betting market is people see that run, the line's adjusted, and now all of a sudden, if the odds were 50% of going over at the correct line, then now at the new adjusted line, the odds are only maybe 46% because the lines were adjusted um, you know, to upward, which makes the over less likely. And they were adjusted upward without any due cause because we agreed fundamentally there was no reason these games are going over. Correct. I mean, Vegas only has to do on reaction. The games are going over. they got to move the lines because that's the way the public's going to bet them. And I think, you know, I think VR said what you said in a different way. No, no, he said exactly what I said, but when you I just wanted to clarify with the regression of the mean and and I think that uh I agree with you guys 100% and on the statistics side, it's just it's just the old thing in Vegas is when you, you know, when you're at the casino in Vegas and oh wait, we're there. When you're at the casino in Vegas and you see uh 20 out of 25 roulette wheels be black, then you know spins a lot of people look and say oh wow regression of the mean i think the next 20 spins are going to be you know towards red no the, statistically it's not enough sample size to matter the next spin is 50 50 or a little bit less because of the zero the double zero and the zero so by the way i love that casino background it, it when i hear that noise it makes me feel like i'm at home i, I, I don't know about that <laughs> i thought it would have been the ruffling of cards now, or when they say that the the lo- that there's more lobster up at the buffet. Well, there you go too. <laughs> All right, VR road dogs hit us. The dogs are killing it. Favorites are not covering at all this year. Uh, forty one percent. That's pretty bad for the favorites. Uh, right, so, so favorites are forty one and overall. All, games. all right. Overall, right around 40%. Dogs are covering at about a 60% clip. But when you look at road dogs, road dogs are covering above 65%. So them home favorites have, have not been covering the number at all this year. And I think that the biggest reason for that is the adjustment in the numbers. Because last year, the favorites were covering at a higher clip, I think, than the dogs are right now. And it went to a point, I believe, in the second uh, series of the second round of the playoffs where all four uh, series, the home teams covered the spread in the first two games. So it was like 8-0 and no favorites that second round. The favorites were covering a lot last year. We're looking at higher numbers 
this year, even the second game, you see the adjustments being made. Right, so you're thinking that that if you look at the strict power rankings in the home court, is that you've seen an inflation of the favorites uh, in the first round. Absolutely. And you think that's a reaction to last year's results? I, I think so. I, I said going into my I, – I thought we were going to see a lot more dogs this year. That's where I was looking to play. And so far, it, you know, it's, it's worked. Now, will it continue – into the later um, rounds, obviously they'll make adjustments for that as well once people start betting the dogs. I'm not the only one that's seeing the favorites aren't covering. If you get burned enough, you're going to start looking the other way as well. And, 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 and we can talk, and I think we're going to talk about that. That's directly analogous to what we saw with the totals is you, you expect a reversal not because of the sample size or statistics as much as the adjustment in the market. But let's let's talk a minute about, or just 30 seconds about the idea that public perception can be inter-year is March Madness, for example. What was the takeaway in 2009, which was... Overs. <laughs> all right. And for the wise guy or the guy really digging in, it might be overs. For the guy listening to you know Colin Coward, it might be, hey, there wasn't a lot of upsets. It's, you know, chalk, chalk, chalk. So next year, right. they're going to think back and say chalk, 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 and there might be a tendency to play the dog. You're saying that whenever there's an event that happens once a year and the NBA playoffs is an event, if the takeaway from last year, that vague recollection was, hey, uh, the home teams, the home favorites did well and the point spread didn't matter, then there's going to be a tendency for that to affect even next year's results, which I've never really thought of, to be honest with you, and, and that's a great concept. Mark, if, if I remember correctly, VR, you, you would follow that more than me. Last year, didn't Ken White actually take heat, uh, you know, a little bit on his the bad. favorites that kept kept on covering? And and I remember bookmakers saying in particular, I don't care if you have to send them out at eighteen, send them out at eighteen. I mean, it just don't make sense when they're covering twelve every night. The Why not send them out? At, exactly, they were getting clobbered with the favorites every night. And remember. Ken, or the let's just say the odds makers, because there's other odds makers out there. The odds makers' goal is not to make the best number. His goal is to make his client happy. Now, who's the client of the odds maker? Is the sports books buying his opening number? So, if the if you think statistically long term. Uh, let's say making a team an eight-point favorite is the right number that's going to make it a 50-50 dog favorite long-term. But if the bookmaker, because of recent results, is going to be pissed at that number, you give them nine and a half. And and, and that's why uh, you're absolutely right, Marco. That's the difference, and I've spoken about that before. This generation of bookmakers don't have feel that the old generation had. They go strictly by numbers. Power ratings, that's it. Lakers are 12 points higher on their power rating. They'll add four points for home, and they send it out at 16. They don't adjust for feel, and that was the difference, I think, where back in the day they didn't rely on on computers as much, and they had to do the thinking themselves. So they added a lot more feel to the number, and it was harder to beat. Okay, now, so here's the question. Is is this going to be a situation where because of the extreme results one way, that there's going to be value going the other way. I'm going to venture and say no, and here's why. I think we just defined that these lines that that that, that lend us towards um, uh, the dogs covering at the clip they are were inflated from a prior year's 
perception. So even if they're brought down a point or a point and a half or two relative to all the games, it seems like maybe they're back to where they were supposed to be. You're absolutely right, man. You hit, that's exactly what's going on. It's where it should be. And you're right. I don't think it is going to change. And let's not kid ourselves. Dogging under isn't the worst thing to happen for a sports book. You know, if it's all favored and overs, everybody's getting hurt. But dogging under isn't the worst thing that could happen for you if you're a bookie. And, and my point, and then Mark, I want you to weigh in here. My point is, is if let's just say the lines have been inflated two points on the favorites because of last year. And that, that's just a guess. Now that it's 20 and 12 or, you know, on road dogs or even all favorites are doing um, poorly is maybe now the inflation goes to zero where they actually put out what they believe to be the correct number because the out, last year's impressions people have forgotten. Now they're thinking, oh, my God, the dogs are covering. If they move it back to where it was, it seems like there's been an adjustment, or where it should be. It seems like there's been a two-point adjustment, so maybe you should go the other way on the favorites. But in truth, it's back to where it should be because it was overinflated to start with, which means you should be neutral on dogs or favorites and then look at the game itself as the handicap. I agree with you. I think part of the problem that happened in this opening round, too, is you had a situation with like the Celtics. I don't know if the odds maker really knew what kind of number to put out there without Garnet. You know, with Kevin Garnett, uh, obviously Boston has struggled without him. They, Chicago, I mean, this has been a dog series the whole way. The Boston in until last night, the Philadelphia Orlando team series was a dog series as well. And Orlando's just been overrated all year. They haven't played up to their expectations. Uh, they got it done last night. And- so, speak jumping in. So, uh, VR, we you, you had a horrible streak as we went into taping uh, last week. And you actually won uh, Black your- Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a great streak going in, and then I had Black Tuesday. In. And yesterday in that Orlando game, you had a big bet. You want to tell us about it? Real yeah, quick? my game of the year, my uh, NBA first round game of the year. Yeah, I hit. And uh, so far, I've only given out two: one in the regular season and one in the playoffs. I've been real selective with that big of a bet, and I gave out Orlando. They came through nicely. And overall, uh, do you have a winning day count in the last couple weeks? In the last two weeks, I- I've lost a total of three days. So you're like 18 and three. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I went. I was on a great run going in, and I've been on a great run since. It was that one day, that one Tuesday, that was terrible. You know, you live and learn. Remember, you can actually. Uh, play exactly the games VR plays, have phone access and web access, and only pay if you profit. To check that out, go to betlikeapro.com. VR, stay out of the strip clubs on school nights, okay? And, and the Bet Like a Pro, they get the bonus. They, they don't even get to have to pay for the winning boxing, winning props, winning things like that. So like, th- I'm up over 15 units, I believe, since I started the Bet Like a Pro. But then I'm ahead another 16 units in boxing. I didn't count a couple of them teasers. Because our rationale is we want to replicate pro batters and the real or the way a pro bets. And the reality is a lot of guys aren't able or are just not inclined to bet the exotics like sure. boxing. So you give it out, but you actually don't account for it, which means they're getting. It sounds like getting a lot of units for free. Absolutely, and I'm fine with that. I, I you know, I, I want them to do well. So that's the whole point of the program. 
You're like Mother Teresa just a little bit. I, I love these. I like them to win. You know? Mother I, Teresa. I, I, do. I, li- I, li- I love the fact of being compensated on results. Mother Teresa with a, with a Yankees jersey. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a reference to Mother Teresa in the Las Vegas Strip in my life. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, and I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make it happen. You know, VR is one of our, uh, our, our, one of our main guys and, and, and becoming a great friend of mine. But the reality is is there's things about him that, that I don't know, and I'm not sure anyone knows. And we saw pictures last week of VR in his prime, as he called it. And uh, I got to tell you something. If it costs me a couple hundred extra bucks, we're going to get those up on the web. <laughs> I, that's all I'm going to say about it. All I know is if I saw him coming down the street, I'd across to the other side. <laughs> all right. Forget the stories about the, the what kind of dog did you use to walk with? Two Rottweilers. <laughs> One right. was named Goose after the Toronto pitcher. Juan Guzman because I hit a big bet and I went and bought the dog on my way home I, bu- I said what am I going to call this guy my buddy said what, why did you buy him I said because the goose won last night he said there you go call him the goose oh my god <laughs> you gotta love it alright so we're going into segment two in segment two we're going to be talking early season baseball now remember and I'm going to keep saying this every segment till it happens so it's a call to arms out there in the forum, right when we post this podcast, we're going to have an open thread in which we want to continue the conversation. So if you have a thought, you want to say, hey, VR, we want to see that picture. In fact, <laughs> I would love to see you guys jump in and then us have like 20 replies demanding the picture. We can, <laughs> we can boycott buying Vegas Runner until he puts out the picture. Whatever it takes, continue <laughs> This the, the concepts and the fun in the forums. Go to pregame.com, click forms, and at the top of the form, there'll be a thread with the Sports Betting Preview Podcast. Jump in and participate. Okay, so we're going to be going to segment number two, and we are going to be right back. Oh, wait, one second. This is RJ Bell, founder of Pregame.com, here to tell you about our free $25 offer for new members. That's right, join Pregame.com for free, and you get $25 to spend any way you want. No purchase or obligation required. For $25, you can get just about any best bet you want. This is a no-lose deal. Sign-up takes less than 60 seconds. Visit Pregame.com backslash join. That's pregame.com backslash J-O-I-N and get your free $25 before it's too late. All right, guys, we're back. Segment number two of three. Okay, baseball, baseball, month in. All right, important concept is the fact that we now have a month of games means that the, that the statistical handicappers, the guy that the guys that use the numbers of this season, are starting to get enough data to really feel comfortable. It's interesting. Consider a lot of baseball teams are what about twenty games, twenty five games. So yeah, far? exactly. About twenty games they've played. Yeah, which is more than an NFL season. Yeah, so really, right. at this point, we have more stats than an NFL than you do the last game of the NFL season. Vegas runner, your stats guy in baseball. Yeah, I, I live for it. I mean, uh, my entire approach is using the numbers that I have in front of me. I, I power rate the offenses. I have certain uh, approaches that I use for pitching to, to determine whether he's a finesse pitcher or whether he's a power pitcher. And if he is a power pitcher, is he throwing strikes at the, at the current time? Because that's what he's going to need. But um, 
when we get 20 games in, I'm starting to collect data. And besides collecting data, I'm starting to see trends as well. And that's the good thing about baseball. Uh, teams usually, how they, when you start seeing a trend develop, it usually stays. Teams that right, play so, well at home. So real quick, when you say trend, there's two trends. There's uh, left-handed pitchers on the West Coast wearing blue uniforms or 14-0, which that's uh, trying to say it with a smile, but some goofy trends you'll sometimes see. Or are you talking about patterns where you see something that you think is going to keep reoccurring as in this team is going to do very well when playing the first game on the road or something like that? More pattern, exactly. Like I, you can't bet the Washington Nationals when they're on the road. They've won one game out of ten, and it's not going to get too much better. You know, trying to pick your spots with teams like that when they're going to win, you're just not going to make money doing it. You want to look for positive. So, does anything trends. else jump out at you, uh, pattern-wise? Uh, uh, what you just said, left-handed and right-handed batting. A lot of teams just are not able to hit lefties. You could already see that. So, you're seeing individual teams you think uh, problematic against lefties. Absolutely. Now, baseball it has become such the, the kind of sport where you really have to look at those type of situations lefty righty home in a way it's just become that type of a game where you have a lot of specialists i mean you're seeing uh players that that they bring in just for certain situations bringing this pitcher to pitch against this right-hander it's such a situational game now that you really have to be aware of it the other thing is the season progresses you have more stats to work with you can take those raw stats and break them deeper where you start the season out it might be lefty righty but as the season goes further and you have more games you can now break those lefty righty stats to home and away and you can break it even farther to day and night. And some teams have, diff, you know, their Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde and lefty, righty, night situations. That's a great point is in statistics, and this is what it is, is sample size. You have to have a minimum sample size to be significant. Once you do, you can slice and dice as much as possible. So that, that's a great point. And if you don't see any moves being made, like we see the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, a great team last year, but they had trouble against lefties. And already this year, they're one and eight against left-handed pitching. All right, so that's a specific pattern that we can that's actionable for our audience. Is not only, and that's a great. Wow, you guys are really blowing me away, Tim. Taking a lot of notes. Is we talked about inner year when it came to the NBA playoffs in segment one. But think about it. In, in the age of free agency and all the professional sports, there's a lot of turnover with teams, but some teams turn over more than others. And you're saying Tampa Bay is a team that hasn't turned over all that much, as in they don't have a lot of different new players. Thus, you can look at last year's stats and say they're still applicable. And now you have two, you know, one year and one month of stats saying this team doesn't bat well against left-handers. Absolutely. I, when, I handicapped today, when I handicapped each of today's games and the pitcher, although I looked at this year's four games that he's pitched, I'm putting more weight on last year, and I'm trying to see the difference. If he's got around a 4.5 ERA this year, and I see that the last three years he's also been around that range, so I could you know, figure that that's what I could expect from him. Now when I make my projected final for the game, I know what to expect from that pitcher. But when you see a change, and last year he was a 1.96 ERA, and he's got a 13 in these first four games, now it becomes more difficult to handicap that game. And for myself, I skip it completely because right now you're trying to guess which guy is going to be on the mound. And for me, it's just not the way to get my money down. So you can increase your sample size by going back a year, but you got to be very, 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 very 
careful that the circumstances haven't changed in some significant way. I couldn't put it better. It's exactly it because, like I said, you're going to see some drastic changes, and we haven't had we don't have a big enough sample yet so far this season to make sure that it's going to be a change that's going to continue. You just reminded I'm sorry, Marco, and then I'll let you jump in. You just reminded me of a concept that came up with uh, Rob Crown on our Masterclass podcast. Remember, you can see hear all podcasts at pregamepodcast.com is the biggest advantage that a better has over the sports book. We know the sports book has the 11 to 10 edge, and that's powerful. And, and, and for many, it's, it's, it, you can't, it can't be overcome unless you really are sharp or you follow sharp people. But the fact that you can choose when to bet, how much to bet, is the main advantage that a better has. You're so right. I'm just jumping out of my seat because that's exactly what I was speaking about with Marco earlier today. Uh, today's baseball board, I had to cross out, I believe, seven or eight games where I'm not even going to look to handicap because the pitchers starting on the mound have been historically relief pitchers getting their first start, or they've only started two games, they've relieved five. So I have no data there. There's nothing for me to, to, to dig down and say and, this and is however, what I could expect. And however you handicap is if there's uncertainty, you, could pass. It, it, you can pass. And for the people who always play TV games or always bet, you know, uh, every game on the card, which is extreme, you're, you're giving away your biggest advantage to the bookie. And, and, and it's very important. If there's an ambiguity, don't be afraid. An ambiguity might not be the right way. If you have uncertainty, you might not be afraid. <laughs> lack be, of a better <laughs> word. If you have uncertainty, don't be afraid to pass. Good point. And just to um, broaden one of the statements that VR made, is that if somebody is always a four and a half ERA, but now they're 13, sometimes what you end up finding out is three or four games into the season, a guy's has an injury that he hasn't really disclosed yet. And you especially know, pitchers are so right, fragile. Yeah. They are, and, and they're not going to come to spring uh, training and tell the managers, "Hey, I got a bum shoulder," because they don't want to be left off the the roster, and, the, and that happens. The odds of a guy who's a Lifetime 300 hitter who starts the first month at 270 of going back to 300 are very is the, the odds are very high that he will. A pitcher who last year had an amazing ERA and this year after a month is doing poorly, the odds of him reverting back to his prior form are a lot less. I'm not saying they're less than 50%, but whatever the odds are, pitchers, uh, you can't look at the short. Usually we preach in sports betting, ignore the short term. With pitchers, I don't th- feel like that's the case. I agree 100%. One that's other- why so many times not to interrupt, you'll see a pitcher, you know, their careers don't last, and you're like, where'd the guy go? Because it is, it, it's one of those positions that are very fragile. One of the other things, and I, I was talking about this with VR before the podcast, Young pitchers especially, so many times young pitchers come up, they have a phenomenal first year, and then the second year they just don't match those kind of stats. And the reason being, I've told VR, I'm a very firm believer, when a pitcher comes up, he has a major advantage over the hitters the first time around the league. And you know now you go through an entire season, you saw that pitcher, and the second year it's tougher for that pitcher because he doesn't have the surprise factor. And the second factor is most of these young pitchers, when they pitch in the minor leagues, they don't put up the inning count that they do in a major league season. So they have a little bit of an arm fatigue. Their arm is not as sharp 
as it was the year before. Great concept to consider as we move uh, into the long months of this season, and especially in September. Okay, now we're going to transition to a second uh, baseball concept. Remember, third our, our third segment is free picks, and, uh, and you get a coupon for discounts if you want to buy any picks. And uh, Marco's going to be talking about an interesting concept. First, though, baseball, I've always said, Best chance to really win, two reasons, half juice. If you can get a dime line, and remember, if you don't have a dime line, you're making a huge mistake. I can't tell you how big of a mistake. Um, pregameaction.com has the best deals from the most trusted books. And uh, if you don't have a dime line, take a look and get one. We had we had a guy just lost recently that won 14 straight in the pregame form. So not only do we want you to continue the conversation that we have in the podcast over there, but there's tons of really great free information. One guy won 14 in a row, wow. and he wasn't laying a bunch of uh, you know favorites either. All right, Marco, you're a different kind of handicapper. You are what I would call contrarian, uh, but you're not contrary to prior results. You're contrary to the lines maker. You know, when you see the lines maker going one way, you want to go the other, and uh, you have a specific spot in baseball you do that in, and you've had a good run on that. There's a situation, and I know this is not going to make sense to most listeners, but I have made a fortune over the years with this type of thinking and I'll give you an example of a game last night this is the perfect example right, so remember guys we're taping on Wednesday okay so on Tuesday night the Chicago Cubs were at Arizona and uh, Carlos Zambrano was on the hill for the Cubs that is the ace of the staff for the Cubs the night before they'll over under on the game was eight and a half and it was a 7-2 final so it only went over by a half a run but it was an eight and a half total you got the total last night was nine in that game. You got to say why. You had Lily and Heron on the hill for the day before, and now you've got the ace, Zambrano, the next night. So to me, when Vegas come out with a number of nine, they were trying to entice under betting in that game. In that type of game, I'm going to look to the over. If if I feel Vegas is wants you to bet one way, I'm betting the other way. That game soared over the total last night, eleven to three. I've hit seven straight totals. I've got a total again tonight, and it's the exact same concept. There's a game on the Wednesday night card that fits that bill. All right. So if you're listening on uh, Wednesday before uh, first pitch, you can get that. But additionally, if you're not, remember you can always go to pregamepros.com. In the left nav, we have uh, a pro batter tab. You click, you see all the pro batters. When you go to any individual page, you can click and see their last 30 days of plays, every play with analysis. So the records that we keep are 100% legit. We have thousands of people following it. So it's one of those things where you, even when we do make an occasional mistake, which again, everyone makes a computational mistake now and again, it's caught within the hour typically. And it's a culture of transparency and everyone's there to watch everyone else and win together. Um, and, and, and I find, you know, I, I actually am not, a, viscerally, I, I so believe my Insights, and when I see something that seems wrong, I just want to go with it. Marco saying he trusts the odds maker more than he trusts himself, and maybe that's even smarter. But when you look at the long-term history of uh, Marco's results, he 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 has a great feel for it, and uh, something I think that uh, as the months go by with the podcast, we're going to get a better idea of what separates your winning from just saying, "Oh," because I mean, really, I always joke with Marco. I say. 
well, geez, if the Steelers were getting 50 from the uh, the Seahawks, you'd have to love the Seahawks. And so there's he'd a, be all over. Yeah. <laughs> he'd say, I want to lay 50 with he'd the Seahawks over, over the Steelers. The Vegas wants one Steeler money. That's not game of the year material. It's nothing. within reason. And, and that's the point. There's a nuance to this that, that, that I think each week we learn a little bit more about. Okay, so a couple things. We keep preaching. We want to talk about this in the forum. Uh, one good conversation that's going on in the forum recently is the value of bullpens. Really, that seems to be one of the trends I'm seeing this year, or patterns, is that the, the starting pitchers are even going less deep than they have been even in, in recent years. And bullpen quality, bullpen fatigue, clearly the Yankees are a great example of that, is, is such an interesting concept and something most of the public doesn't look at, which means you can gain value from. That conversation's going on in the forums. And don't forget, this Saturday is the Kentucky Derby. Marco actually is a horse owner. He's owned horses how many years? Uh, I bought my first horse in 1986. Okay. And, oh, I forgot to do the analysis on uh, what was happening in 1979 <laughs> this week. So, uh, I'll, you know, since I was nine years old, it, it, it'll be easy. So let me see here. Um the Steelers and Mike <laughs> Webster were winning Super Bowls. All right. But each week, because Marco started handicapping in 1979, or started uh, actually in the business in 1979, is we're going to be saying, what was the world like in 1979? Saturday Night Fever was number one at the box office. <laughs> exactly. Uh, eight tracks were prominent. But, I had but, a John Travolta shirt, too. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right so marco the ho- a horse in you know insider you can even say but not at the kentucky derby level is going to be doing a podcast and he's going to be talking to two guys rob crown who's a horse uh expert and a, a new guy on the forum named prospectus and i tell you this prospectus anyone that knows horses that reads him they come away blinking their eyes like this guy has a, a different way to do it, but man, the depth of it. Uh, Marco, what's your take uh, just on prospectus in general? I'm impressed, and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. I want to pick his brain, and I actually you know, went into one of his posts a couple weeks ago uh, saying exactly that, and I'm looking forward to talking Derby for this coming Saturday. Okay, so what we're going to be doing then is going into our third segment. Remember, all those podcasts are available at pregamepodcast.com, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Segment three, free picks. All right, now, you guys... I wasn't happy. In fact, it was it, it it was far short of what I wanted when it came to the forum conversation. So, no question of the week. I have to I have to put the law down. Is again another thing we can do in that thread is if there's something about the show or just a general concept you want us to talk about, jump in there, ask the question, and uh, we may respond in the thread or we may pull it and talk about it at length. So, usually we do that in the third segment. Get into the forums, please. It's going to make this whole experience uh, a 360-degree multimedia experience, and that's what we're gunning for. So, all right, coupon of the week. Always before we give free picks, 
we give a coupon and uh and it's for those who are loyal listeners you get the chance to have a big discount on a, a best bet and for those guys who uh, are very occasional buyers, this $10 gives you a chance to get a pick for almost nothing. So, Marco. Okay, we've got our coupon. And as always, you can go to pregamepros.com and you can check out all of the hot cappers that we've got. And we've got a guy in baseball I want to tell you about, RJ. Good fella. He is just knocking the ball out of the park. 12-3. and three. Last four days in baseball, he had a big run to start the baseball season. The guy's just doing it. You want to check him out and any of our other hot cappers, go to the checkout, put in Derby 10. It's Kentucky Derby week, so we're going to go Derby in the number 10, and that'll get you $10 off anything you want. That coupon will be live until Monday. It's a one-time-use coupon. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. There we go. I love giving away RJ's money. <laughs> Speaking of RJ's money, I think we have some... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We got an important concept that... Oh, well, no, go ahead, Mark. Okay. VR, isn't there some unfinished business from last week? Yeah, I'm going to have to make sure the integrity of the podcast is kept this week, so uh, make sure I, you guys settle your wagers. I, I, believe there w- I believe there was a wager made. I'm hearing, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of mumbling, and guys, please do not... Quit listening. There's free picks coming up. <laughs> and at some point, Marco's going to get to the point. Go ahead. Um, did we have a bet, RJ? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, did the old guy show the young guy who knows what? You want to rumble? Um, I think we did. And I think I won. Dinner. I'm going to fast for two days leading up <laughs> You to don't this even dip. need to do that, right, boy. So I've I- seen Marco eat. <laughs> I bet the audience right now is saying, thank God RJ's the host, because when Marco takes over, the show came to a grinding halt. Okay, so here's what Marco's trying to say. He won a bet. He's so happy. He, he, he's giggling. He can't get over it. Uh, we were betting, was the Jazz uh, going to be favored at any game at home? Uh, they were one and a half, I think, or one and a half point dogs. So it was close. And here's the thing. I got gambling me. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'm not afraid to um, put some money down, you know, and, and I do it in my day to day life. I do it with poker. I do it with sports betting. And Marco felt like he was some big, huge favorite in this. And it was a point and a half. I give him credit. Now, I will say this, and I said it in the form. If he fasts for two days, that's that's the ultimate punishment. So I can promise you that. In fact, we're, we're heading off to no lunch chance. right after the podcast. No so we know he's not going to be fasting. But, Mark, I've been holding this sound effect for you, so I'm going to give you this one. The jackpot will be divided equally among the winning tickets. Okay. I got a ticket. I, I, I will be. And, and just a little memo to myself. On the day that RJ is going to, we're going to go cash this in, remember to call RJ before he leaves the house and remind him to bring his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No worries. I don't carry Well, I, I put my money in a rubber band. So. Okay. Old school. So let's get, let's get now. Guys, thanks for sticking. For those who are actually still thanks here. sticking around. I, I really appreciate it. Here we go with a lot of great information. All right. So we had the, we had the coupon. That's at the checkout. We got that much. Uh, Goodfellow's been hot. Vegas Runner, now your boxing has been doing really well with the fight game. And my question is, well, I, I you know, I, this is such a good story. I'm just going to let you go. Tell the story. Eight and two going into last week's fight, and I had that handicapped to a T, man. I, I just, I 
knew Taylor was not going to knock out Frock. He hasn't knocked anyone else since he's fought above 160, and that fight was at 168. So he definitely wasn't going to knock this guy out, especially since Frock's never even been knocked down in his career. Tough English guy. So what does Taylor... I said, all he has to do is not do anything stupid, use his athletic ability and speed, and win an easy decision and become champ of the world. So he did exactly as expected. He coasted. He even knocked down Frock early. Put him down for the first time in his career in the third round. Taylor was so ahead on the scorecards going into the 12th round. There was no way he could lose that fight no matter how they scored that 12th round unless he got knocked out. Going into that round, press row. They were putting the press row scoring up on the big screen. Everyone had him so far ahead. Bottom line, 14 seconds left. So, I mean, literally, uh, an extreme round is 10-8 in boxing. Yeah. If it would have been great at 10-8. If it would have been great at 10-8, your guy still would have won. He, he would have been champ of the world. All he had to do was survive the 12th round. He gets knocked down with about 20 seconds left. He gets up, dances around. I'm it's like, okay, he'll get through this. He backs up against the rope. The stupidest move you could do when you're dizzy. You want to stay in the middle of the ring and hold on to him. But anyway, he got up against the ropes and and... Uh, he started getting hit by Frock. Ref jumps in with about 14 or 13 seconds left. Stops the fight. Doesn't allow it to go on. So the world championship, he he, he isn't down, and they actually stop the fight with less than 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, and and I I'm not a soy loser. So if a, if a if a fighter isn't defending himself, you have to stop it. The ref isn't there to to allow who's being ahead to hang on longer. So I could understand stopping a fight, but. Like you said, when it's the heavy, when it's the championship of the world, and you're in the twelfth round, you have to be aware of the time. And unless the, you got to let the boxer go down at least. I blame Don King. He should have let him go down and counted. I blame Don King. Uh, possibly, possibly. <laughs> was it? He wasn't even involved in the fight, though, right? No, he didn't have. It was top rank fight. So I, I was, I was disappointed. I mean, that's one of them bad beats come, but that was and, as bad as it comes for boxing. But I mean, a couple of lessons here, one, or lesson in a quick story is, is the lesson is that. If you have an edge and you're laying 120, you're going to win six times out of 10, six and a half out of 10 if you're really lucky. And maybe with boxing, you could because I think there's, it's easier to hit over 57%, um, uh, even considering the lay price. But you're not going to win them all. And, and it seems very clear to me, even in the fights you're losing, you've got the right side a vast majority of the time. Absolutely. I, I, I knew I had the right side going into that fight, and that's why I'm even confident going into this week. I, the only thing that was bad was the week before I hit a nice plus 175 as a three-star, and I was really excited about the Taylor fight. I knew I had the right fight. And this week we have the, the granddaddy of them all, so I really wanted to go into it with, with a nice winner off of last week. But that's all right. We gave one to the books. And you're going to actually have a, a really big best bet. Oh, this they're week. getting it back this week, boy. It, it's a Vegas fight. I don't think I've lost a, ve- a fight in Vegas. I don't think I've lost. I hit this strip. Ace pounds the pavements when it comes to boxing here in Vegas. I got one question, VR. I mean, it's a little bit warmer now, and I know whenever it's a big fight in town, VR breaks out the fur coat. Is it, is it coming out for this fight? <laughs> no, or? the wife won't let. Not in the springtime. <laughs> For VR fur coat springtime. That's all you need to know. If you haven't come to Vegas. All right, real quick, and, and, and we went a little long, so I won't tell the whole story, but there's a story 
with the famous poker player Stu Unger, probably the biggest, talk about having gamble, the biggest gambler in poker history, or one of the biggest, where he had a half million dollars left. That was it. He was up real big, and then just at whatever point he had a half million, he put the whole half million, I mean literally every penny, on the Julio Cesar Chavez fight was against uh, Taylor. I can't remember who, but it was against a fighter at the time. And uh, uh, Chavez was undefeated. And the fight, the bet was to go the distance. And for guys that remember the fight, literally it was the same scenario. They stopped the fight. Meldrick Taylor. That, that's Meldrick what I Taylor. thought. They stopped the fight with like less than 20 Richard seconds Steele. left. And and he was actually, uh, the, the opponent, Taylor, was up huge on the scorecard. Chavez was coming on and pressing strong. They stopped the fight with like 10, 15 seconds mm-hmm. left. And the, in the book, actually, there's a great book on Stu Unger called One of a Kind. You can just go to Amazon and check that out. One of a Kind, it tells his whole story. And uh, they said that that really started a real downward spiral for him. Imagine you'd have a million or nothing off of that call. So. Wow, and, and that's, exa- that's exactly what it reminded me of, the Meldrick Taylor fight, because he's a Philly fighter, so I watched his career from when he started, and that's what it ex- exactly what it reminded me of, with the only difference being the names weren't as marquee. If it was as marquee, if that would have fought, happened this Saturday, it would be huge. All right, so free pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give, I saw a huge overlay and I had given out Houston on my futures blog way back in October. And now I see him at 25 to one. And I really like, I think it's a huge overlay, especially because they played so poorly against the Lakers during the regular season. I don't think they beat the Lakers once. And when that happens, there's a tendency to go in overconfident. And this Houston Rockets team has what it takes to win a series they play great defense so I think at 25 to 1 to win this whole thing it's just a huge overlay I only had gotten 12 to 1 before the season started so I think at 25 to 1 it's definitely worth throwing a unit on it okay so and you have a big boxing uh, uh, pick coming up for Saturday absolutely I'll have my three-star fight of the week for the Manny Pacquiao Ricky Hatton fight All right, Marco. Okay, I'll be quick with my free pick, uh, given the world's longest bad beat story by VR there. So um, I don't want to hear anything whenever I'm talking about one of my poker bad beats, RJ. (laughs) Yeah, but he bets five times as much as you, so he has to have five times as long. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to go tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, game in the NBA. It's Boston-Chicago. And this is one of those games where the line just does not make sense to me, RJ. And you're going to say, oh, well, I'm going to go the other way because it looks easy. Boston and Chicago, this entire series has gone over. Uh, The games have all been high scoring. The total tomorrow is the lowest that it has been the entire series. Why in God's name did they lower the total in this they know something I don't know. And when I see something out of the ordinary like that, I am going to line up with the bookmaker because you know, VR, all of the strip casinos, they're, you know, they're magnificent facilities and they're that way for a reason. People don't go in there and win all their money. I'm taking the game under the total tomorrow night, Boston, Chicago. That is my free pick. And hopefully we run our record to seven and three on the free picks. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, you guys do not want any picks for me. I'm on, I mean, literally a, a five times a decade losing streak. And uh, so I'm going to spare you guys anything. 
And uh, all right, so this has been a real, I, I tell you, a fun podcast, or podcast, a lot of good concepts. Uh, I think uh, we should be proud of this, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. Jump into the forums, remember, and let us know what you think. That's at pregame.com, and you just go into the forums. And uh, remember, each week we talk about upcoming games, and we teach you how to handicap any game. And we'll be back next week.